Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, my beautiful people? This is Into the Net FC, reporting live deep in the heart of Texas. I'm the host, the Bear of Texas. Let's welcome back my good friend and my mentor, Steve Adams. You, Steve, you ready to go? Yeah, ready to go. Had a great weekend here in Los Angeles. Finally made it down to Trejo's Tacos. And then yesterday got together with a group of Marseille fans, OM Nacion. We all got together at a park in Van Nuys and had a really nice get-together. And it was nice to meet all these people live and in person. Well, glad you had fun. And uh, speaking of Marseille, I mean, Marseille's really hoping that for a good year. But we'll go ahead and start with the EPL. And another interesting week and... Uh... You know, the transfer window uh, expires, uh, closes tomorrow, I should say, and, well, lots of talking points, so we're going to get right to it. We'll go and start with the EPL uh, match day number three, and we'll go and start with Liverpool and Chelsea. First thing I I should say, uh, apparently my prediction was right, a 1-1 score, but this game could have gone different. This game was honestly ruined by by that red card. I'm not even going to lie. Well... I mean, it was an intentional handball that prevented a goal. I mean, by definition, that's a handball. I mean, that's a red card offense. I mean, the referee really had no choice but to give the red card. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, you give a penalty and you give a red card. It's sort of like what happened with uh, Luis Suarez in Uruguay against Ghana back in the 2010 World Cup. Now, that said, yes, it did kill the game. Uh, Chelsea pretty well uh, hunkered down. Parked the bus. Um, they had a couple pretty decent opportunities in the second half to score. I mean, Liverpool pretty much laid siege to the to the Chelsea goal. I mean, uh, twenty seven shots to six, seven shots on goal to three. Um, but you know, you got to give Chelsea credit. Boy, they did a hell of a job keeping their defensive shape. Uh, they did not give up any more goals in the second half. I mean, clearly Chelsea will be much happier with that draw, and uh, Liverpool will rue the fact that in front of a very passionate crowd, and uh, in spite of all that domination, all they could do was get a draw out of it. So um, it, it it wasn't as great a game as I think a lot of us had hoped for. Let's put it that way. But yeah. I mean, the red card certainly had a very, very profound impact. It did, but you know, you spoke the truth, Steve. It was a deliberate red, uh, deliberate, excuse me, a deliberate handball. And when that happens, I mean, the referee really has no choice. But you know, it's a damn shame, really. It, it really is. I mean, some people have said that this red card forced Chelsea to park the bus. I mean, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. I mean, either way, it's irrelevant. But you know, the, the fact is, you know. It, it can't be said any better. I mean, the red card changed the outcome, changed the the rhythm of the game, and the game really really could recover. But I mean, all these chances missed. Uh, it could go either way. Bottom line is, it was a dull. It was a, it was dull. Overall, it was dull. 
Yeah, I mean, it just, it, it wasn't the spectacle that a, a lot of people were hoping for, particularly given the amount of attacking talent that was on the board. So uh, Matip did a pretty good job of shadowing. Lukaku kept him off the scoreboard. And um, Jurgen Klopp went with an 18-year-old Elliot to play the game, threw the kid out there in a very, very big game, and he played pretty well. He had some good touches on the ball, and um, I think this kid has an awful lot of promise. Oh, absolutely! And well, when you when you place your faith, you tell you have this confidence in, in a kid. I mean, that that's how you motivate. I mean, first thing you got to do is you know give him the chance and tell him you got this kid, and like that. That 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 that's just how beautiful it is. Like, you know, a guy like Jurgen Klopp, you know, giving a chance like that, you know, you you got to praise that. Yeah, no doubt. Right. Well. Uh, Tottenham. Look at Tottenham. You know, all this talk about Harry Kane leaving Tottenham and, you know, he's going to stay the stay the year. Another clean sheet. They shut Watford out one zip. They get a goal from Son. Now, the goal, it looked to be more of a cross, but uh, the Watford goaltender sort of made a hash out of it. He was more concerned with, going after the people that were going to be heading the ball, and the ball just skittered right past them. Tottenham kept the clean sheet, and um, what can you say? Um, they're starting to show that uh, they're they're able to do a really good job on defense, and it's it's tough to lose if you're not giving up goals. It, it is, and I mean, <laughs> you know, back-to-back-to-back one-nothing wins, and you know, three consecutive clean sheets. You know, it's just amazing. Tottenham currently is in first place. You know, f- nine points. You know, f- no goals allowed. Three goals forced. It's. I mean, how often do you see that? You know, after three games, a team's undefeated, but uh, it's only scored three goals, hasn't allowed any. I mean, this is something that's pretty pretty unique. Well, and one of those wins, let's not forget, was their opening win over the defending champs, Manchester City. <laughs> Oh, big time! You know the d- defensive effort. I mean, the amazing goal by Hung Hung Sung Min. You know, Tottenham is is really beginning to like you know because the fact that everybody had nobody had any faith in them. Everybody was saying this this could be a bad season. I mean, they're they're really just they're making everybody eat their words. Manchester City, after that loss, all they seem to do is they're just knocking sockfuls of goals past people. Another five zip game, total beatdown on Arsenal. Uh, Shaka getting a red card certainly was not going to help the Arsenal cause. Arsenal looked good about the first six, seven minutes of the game. Um, but then after Gondogan's goal and then Torres, uh, Jesus scores off a fantastic feed from uh, from Grealish, and uh, Rodri finishes the scoring for City. So uh, five zip, Arsenal sitting dead bottom of the EPL right now. That's just rather, you know, after three games, you know, let that one sink in for a minute. I mean, not just 0-3. I mean, no goals, nine goals conceded. And Steve, I got to be extremely honest with you, even though, and I'm, and I'm sure I've said, I said this last week, but now, now the feelings are even more like painful. Like, you know, I'm more serious than I said, because I'm sure I said this last week. I don't like seeing Arsenal like this, despite being a lifelong Man U supporter, because, you know, with Arsenal, you know, with with their tremendous history, and you know how you know Man U and Arsenal are remembered as some of the have some of the greatest, you know. Well, I'm sure at one point there was a, a year where there was a, a year to remember, you know, 2004 for Arsenal and 99 and 2008 for Manchester United. But seeing with Arsenal's history, it just sucks seeing them like this. I mean, there's nothing positive. There's no passion. There's, I mean, I I can I, I can name everything, but it won't matter because the bottom line is they are horrible. Yeah, no doubt. Um, they're actually they're actually below Norwich City, who lost in East Anglia. They uh, had a goal from Pukki off a penalty, and uh, Leicester City, two two to one winners down in East Anglia. Goals from um, Barney and uh, Elbrighton. So uh, Leicester City gets back to their winning ways. But uh, I think unfortunately this might be a very very long year. Uh, in East Anglia, um, I just Norwich. They just seem to have this this history of coming up, coming down, coming up, coming down. 
I, th- I think since the beginning of the premiership, I think Norwich is like number one as the team that has gone up and gone down the most among any team in the EPL. Absolutely. But as far as Norwich City goes, what, what, what I really hope to see, I, I want to see Mr. Josh Sargent, you know, play more because, you know, the winning would be a great thing. But, you know, as long as he's getting playing time, he's developing, getting the experience. I mean, for him playing in top flight in English football, I mean, that's something huge. I mean, you don't see very much, Amer- very many American players that have this opportunity to play at the top flight of English football. No, not the EPL. Uh, I mean, once upon a time, the EPL... It seemed like once upon a time there were a lot more Americans in the EPL. I mean, at one point, um, like around 2002-2003, I want to say five of the 20 EPL goaltenders were American at that time. Um, You know, pretty amazing when you think about it. And then you had guys like uh, Claudio Reyna, uh, Dempsey, you know, they had, uh, you know, a pretty good presence once upon a time in the EPL, you know, in the last couple of years, not nearly as much. You know, Pulisic, um, Anthony Robinson um, over over with Fulham, but now they're down in the, in the, sec, in the, in the lower tier of English football. But uh, it's a great opportunity for Josh Sargent. So, you know, hopefully... I know that people in East Anglia will be rooting that the Redhead can um, score some goals and keep Norwich from doing the drop again. Uh, hopefully, you know, and it's not just it's not just the EPL, but it's all over Europe. Yep. Yeah. Um, probably, I think probably the most entertaining game over the weekend, I think, was uh, West Ham and Crystal Palace. Uh, really good game, two-two. For uh, Alisson Antonio for the Hammers, uh, Gallagher with two goals for Crystal Palace, who finally get their first point. Yeah. I mean, West Ham United. I, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever seen them. You know, have such a strong start. You know, after just three games, or you know, two wins and a draw, they're actually currently in second place, right above Manchester United. Well, they're doing it with style points too. I mean, they're looking really good in the process uh, of doing it as well. Um, Newcastle and Southampton up in the north of England, they played out quite the drama as well. It looked like when um, Sam Maximan scored in the 90th minute for Newcastle, it looked like Newcastle was going to get all three points against Southampton. And then they cough up a penalty in like the sixth minute of uh, stoppage time. Ward-Prowse converts the penalty. Newcastle, even amazingly, Newcastle, even though they've only got one point after three games, they're actually not in the relegation zone. They're actually sitting at 17th place the last time I looked. Yeah, they are. They are. But, you know, what they have to understand is that, you know, if they don't soon start getting it together, I mean, they're going to find themselves in the relegation zone. But, uh, yeah, truly great game. And then um, Everton, they went down to the south coast in Brighton. Dominant performance, uh, Gray and Calvert-Lewin with the goals for Everton. So uh, another good result uh, for one uh, for one Benitez, who was taken over after Carlo Ancelotti left uh, Merseyside. So uh, Everton looked very, very good against Brighton. And speaking of uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, uh, he actually just, he pulled out of the English squad for the World Cup qualifiers due to an apparent injury. Yeah, they, he got pulled, but then um, you know somebody's lost opportunity is somebody's gain. That brings us to Leeds uh, forward Bamford, who got the, the tying goal for Leeds as the Yorkshireman went up to Turf Moor and they got a 1-1 draw at Burnley. Uh, Chris Wood with the goal for Burnley, but... Uh, I mean, I was I was thinking that it was going to be a matter of time before Bamford was going to get called up to the England squad anyway. I mean, he played so well for uh, Yorkshire last year. So uh, it's good to see him get his call up. Uh, it, I mean, it's too bad that um, Calvert-Lewin won't be able to play because he had such a good year last year too, and I'd love to see him get some more opportunity wearing an England shirt. 
Like you said, you couldn't describe it any better. I mean, guy's loss is a guy's gain, especially in, in, in this kind of a soccer world. <laughs> especially when you're like, especially when you're a national team like England, France. You know, one guy gets hurt. There's always there's always there's always a talent that's ready to be called up. Well, and one of the promoted sides, Brentford, they continue to make a pretty good showing for themselves. Uh, they go up to Birmingham to get a 1-1 draw against Aston Villa. Uh, Buendia scores just a rocket of a goal for Villa. And then uh, Tony with the goal for, for Brentford. So, you know, they're, they're, they're more than just surviving in their first year in the, in the premiership since 1947. I mean, it, it, I mean, Brentford were just really not 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 the best performance, but you know the fact that they started off with uh, with that win against Arsenal and the last two games have resulted in a draw. I mean, they're in tenth place, so so I would say for them, so far so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and last but not least, well, this was kind of frustrating for me, but you know, Manchester United and Wolverhampton. Now, of course, they'll ask me, you know, what's what do you got to be so frustrated about, Alex? Your team won. I'm like, yeah, they did win. I mean, a win's a win, but you know, I mean, okay, yeah. The 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 thing to look to be happy about, I guess, is now that is that is the excuse me. I'm just having a hard time talking. Is that Manchester United now holds the record of the longest, you know, a winning, uh, well, undefeated streak in, in, on the road in EPL uh, game, like 28, I think. Yeah, 28, incredible undefeated streak on the road. Um, you know, Man U was outplayed for vast stretches of this game by Wolves. Um, and, uh, you know, you just, Adama Traore, he had another really, really strong game for Wolves. They were a little, a little bit unlucky. They were... You know, frankly, a little bit wasteful. Uh, there was a passionate crowd in the West Midlands that was cheering them on, and uh, Greenwood gets a goal, absolutely breaks Wolves' hearts. Uh, De Gea, it should be said too, had some fantastic saves. He had a very, very strong game for for Man U. But uh, you know, these are the type of games that. You know, over the course of the season, when you're you're not necessarily playing your best ball on the day, but you still manage to get the W on the road. So, um, I think uh, I think Solskjaer should be absolutely pleased as punch with the result. Oh yes, no doubt. You know, and what's uh, very special for me is that Rafael Varane. I believe that he provided the assist in the goal. I believe he did. I believe he did. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you know, nice nice victory for for Man U. So um, you know, it was a, it was a otherwise fairly uh, fairly good weekend. It's great to see so many sellout crowds at the games that were giving the game such great atmosphere. Um, so, but now that we've gotten totally hooked and following the EPL now. And all the other leagues, too. I mean, everything's going to take a little bit of a break now that we have the internationals that are coming up here with the World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, it starts actually next week. Uh, you know, and, um, and before we get to Liga and La Liga, you know, I noticed the, the squad for France that was called up, a couple of new uh, names have actually been called up as well. And uh, it will, on the defense, I, I, I want to say, well, it's good that Didi Deschamps called uh, Dayo Upamecano, uh, the Bayern Munich defender, back up. Because you know, and he should have been on the Euro squad, if you ask me. But yes, several new names on the on the French national team uh, squad at the moment. But you know, it's it's these World Cup qualifiers. They're playing you know Bosnia and Herzegovina, and playing these teams. So you know, you, you got to give these players the experience. You know, because you never know who you're gonna call up. But well, you know, just wait and see. But uh, yeah, so a couple of new familiar faces. Uh, do you have any uh, comments on the current squad? Not really. Not, not really at this point. To be to be honest with you, I've been more um, following the CONCACAF qualifiers, and those actually start this Thursday. So I've I've actually been more keen on that. Uh, uh, absolutely. 
and I should mention it. It's actually this week. I, I might have said it starts next week. No, the, the qualifiers for France start actually this week. They actually play on uh, Wednesday. France will play on Wednesday. But, um, yeah, I mean, paying attention to both Europe, the European and the CONCACAF for me, you know, the, both the USA and France, it's totally exciting. I'm really excited. And it looks like Pulisic will be playing for the Americans, so that's good to hear. Yeah, no, and um, this is a really strong squad, what Berhalter has been able to call together. I'm just very, very curious who he's going to have out there as the starters. And, um, you know, he's got, you know, for the first time in living memory, I mean, the U.S. has a plethora of attacking options. So, um, yeah, strongly looking forward to this Thursday and uh Going to have to try to catch little bits of the USA El Salvador game while I'm also watching. I'm getting together for a watch party to watch the University of Minnesota. Probably get killed by Ohio State. But um, anyway, but I'll probably be sneaking looks at that USA El Salvador qualifier. Well, your loyalty has to be praised, Steve. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame that, you know, you and me, you know, when it comes to a majority of, of our sports teams, our hearts are, our hearts are usually broken at the end. But yeah. You know, but loyal, but loyal, but loyalty is still there. You you got it. It has to be. But anyway, moving on to League Ah. Well, should we say the top story of League Ah this week was uh, Lionel Messi making his debut for Les Parisiens? Sellout crowd and Rance. You know, and, uh, Rance is a shadow for people that are serious students of the game. Rance, once upon a time, was one of the best teams in Europe, not just in France, um, made it to a couple of Champions Cup finals in the late 50s. But uh, but Rennes probably would not, even with PSG, probably would not have sold this game out with the strong possibility of Messi playing, and he did play for the Parisians. Uh, Rennes had, you know, the, the place was absolutely busting at the brim. I mean, just unbelievable, and... I was actually not surprised that he was on the bench, but uh, you know when he came in, when I I was following the game, you know on, on the goal app, and of course all of a sudden on Twitter, Twitter goes crazy, and, and even Goal releases uh like get the notification from Goal.com that Lionel Messi is, is coming in. I mean I, I was like, if, if the dude scores a goal, it, it's gonna be absolutely special. Unfortunately that did not happen, but but still it, it was it was just nice to see Lionel Messi and. And I gotta admit, I mean, of course, everybody says you know, it's just—it's not weird that we saw Lionel Messi play for a club other than Barcelona. It's just that it's something that we just never, ever, ever thought would happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm quite a bit older than you. The the, the closest thing I could compare uh, seeing Lionel Messi not wearing a Barcelona jersey but wearing the that PSG kit. Uh, towards the end of his career, his last year in the pros, uh, Colts great, Johnny Unitas played uh, with the San Diego Chargers. And the sight of crew cut John Unitas with his black high top shoes wearing that powder blue uh, San Diego jersey, that was just weird. And that's kind of how I felt uh, when I was watching the highlights um, of PSG versus Rass. Uh, PSG gets the win. Two zip, two goals from Mbappe. And PSG uh, on top on top of the league uh, with uh, twelve points, uh, being followed by Angers and Clermont Foot. You know, and, you know, Marseille actually you know picked up a very convincing three to one win over Saint Etienne. And there's in fifth. Uh, well, they're tied with seven points with Nice. So so Marseille, you know, you know is bouncing back. You know, two wins and a draw. You know, yet to lose. So Marseille's really getting there, and we, and we still haven't gotten any uh, word uh, over the incident between Nice and Marseille, uh, at least as far as I know. But uh... well, one of the upshots of that was that Nice, uh, for for their home game uh, that they won four to one, by the way, uh, or four zip, excuse me, they had to play uh, behind closed doors. So um, Nice gets another win. It's not finalized yet. I guess they're saying that the match is suspended. So I'm not sure what date they're going to play those last 15 minutes or if they're going to have to replay the entire game. That's not for sure yet. But one of the things that did come down was that Nice did have to play uh, in front of an empty stadium. 
I mean, I'm not, I, I can't say I'm surprised. I mean, based on what happened, you know, they haven't figured out the issue as far as that goes. And because right now, the problem could be maybe Nice doesn't know how much security they need, or maybe they don't know if they can get as much security as required. It's it's obviously an issue, and you know, and, and seeing a game and seeing a club, you know, having to play behind closed doors because the supporters just had to act like a bunch of clowns. You know, it, it makes me feel bad for the players. Well, unfortunately, I think I think more realistically, sometimes what it comes down to is the ownership being cheap and not necessarily wanting to pay for the security. I mean, that's one of the things that uh, Mr. McCourt, the guy who used to own the Dodgers and now owns Marseille, you know, that was one of the things that they accused him of when he was running the Dodgers was that, you know, he wasn't paying enough money. He was being tight. He didn't want to pay for security. I think in the end, I, I, I really think that, um, I'm more inclined to think maybe they just didn't have enough security rather than was the security that they had uncompetent. I don't know. I just, I just think they were overmatched. Yeah. But uh, but no question, though, uh, so far the two biggest surprises in France are Angers sitting in second place with 10 points. Clermont Foot still undefeated after four games. They're sitting in third on eight points, two, two wins and two draws. Um, you know, it's very topsy, very, very topsy turvy. Um, Lille got a very, very big win against Montpellier. They won two to one up in the north. But uh, the defending champs absolutely needed that win and that vaulted them all the way up to 10th. It's just another interesting way. And speaking of Clermont Food, they had to overcome a two nothing deficit. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, that's been really impressive with Clermont Foot is that they've just been really resilient. Um, really enjoyed watching the Marseille-Saint-Étienne game. That was kind of a blast from the past game from clubs that had a lot of history. It was such a big rivalry uh, in the 70s. And, you know, for a long time, I mean, geographically, Saint-Étienne, which is very close to Lyon, it's not that terribly far to get to Marseille. And uh, great ambiance at the Stade Velodrome, you know, three to one win for Marseille. So uh, they, they looked really good. Uh, their big thing is they're just going to have to shore up their defense a little bit because they haven't kept a clean sheet yet. Yeah, totally. Is it? Yeah, I mean, you know, Marseille and Sunny Tien, I mean, all that history. So, yeah, it, it was good. I like how you mentioned that. You know, it's, it's bringing back, you know, memories. It's a classic. And, yeah, and. You know, Marseille probably being like, I think it's like probably three hours from Lyon. And yeah, Saint-Étienne's probably like 45 minutes to the west from Lyon. Like, or it's like, so, like southwest kind of thing. But, you know. But uh, yeah. at good news for American fans, Conrad De La Fuente continues to play really well. He's not only getting serious minutes with Marseille, but he's also looking really good. He provided an assist on the first goal. So, um Really looking forward. I'm hoping that you know he'll be part of the starting group. I mean, he's looked so good with Marseille. Um, so, um, so yeah, no people. People in Marseille have been very, very pleasantly surprised by the American. So the the sell of getting him from Barcelona has worked out pretty well for De La Fuente and for Marseille. Marseille needs all the help they can get, and and I'm glad that it's working out so far because you know. Like I've said many times, I, I want Ligue 1 to be highly competitive. Like, I want to see Marseille, I want to see Lyon, Lille, Montpellier. Like, all, all the teams that were once extremely good, that were extremely... that were. I, I'm not sure how to put it, but, you know, but I want to see what we once saw in the Ligue 1. See all these clubs, like, fight for the fight for the title. Rather than letting PSG just grab it and then run away with it. Yeah, you know, it's it's just it's it's more fun when you have a little bit of competition, you know, with who's who's going to win. I mean, that's one of the reasons I think why the EPL has uh, so much draw is that there is actual competition in there. It's not just you know the same team that keeps winning the title. It's not like Germany with Bayern Munich or Italy with Juventus. Um, so uh, we're hoping that they can be a little bit of competition, but. But my God, Alex, this PSG team is just stacked. Yeah, I mean, 
stacked is an understatement, but uh, you know, it's been kind of difficult enjoying these first few games. I mean, it, it's like uh, and, and PSG really hasn't had really much of a challenge. And as, as far as PSG goes, you know, and, and speaking of, of a challenge, you know, we probably won't see a challenge until probably September nineteenth if they play Lyon. But Lyon really has been playing good, so I, I, I can honestly say that. Overall, it's it's probably not going to be until the twenty eighth of uh, of next month. You know when PSG plays Manchester City on home soil. So <sighs> yeah, you know that that'll you know I think that's that's true. I think for PSG, I think a lot of their biggest competition right now is going to be in the Champions League. Yeah. All right. So now we get to La Liga, and and, uh, and after that, you know, for, speaking of PSG, there's, there's definitely some. T- particular talking points about them as far as transfers go, but we will get to that. But La Liga, well, <laughs> there's a, a six-way tie for first place. So six clubs with seven points, and and out of those, uh, and out of those uh, seven seven teams, excuse me, six teams. You know, three of them are the top teams that that are really well known, like the top strong uh, big guys. Well, in Atletico Madrid, the defending champs, they almost lost to to Villarreal. Villarreal was up two one late. Looked like the Yellow Submarine was gonna uh, get the win, and incredibly, uh, Atletico Madrid sends kind of like a speculative ball back to the defense and. Uh, Back pass to the goaltender for Villarreal goes horribly wrong. Uh, if you look it up on YouTube, it's you know definitely one of the worst own goals that you're going to see in a long time. But uh, but that miraculous draw it's, that kept Atletico undefeated still. I mean they're sitting on fifth right now after three matches in. But uh, the top ones: Real Madrid, Sevilla, Valencia. Um, that's much improved for them because they really, uh, frankly, struggled for quite a bit of the time last year. Barcelona in fourth. Uh, so, um, out of the gates, you know, looking pretty good, and then now Real Madrid, uh, they may not not looking like they're going to get their guy Mbappe, but it looks like they're going to settle their their sights on a different Frenchman. Yes, they will, and and don't worry, we'll, we'll get to that. And well, you know, we can get to it now. I, I, as far as La Liga goes, there's really not much, really not much to say other than the fact, you know, like other than the fact that Real Madrid is on top. And uh, again, folks, I really apologize. I'm having a, such a difficult time talking tonight. But uh, but yeah, you know, looking at it right now, it's I mean, it, it's still early on. But I, I guess for the time being, it's good to see Real Madrid on top. But Real Madrid really has been has had struggles, you know, so far, you know, coming off a one nothing win against Real Betis. Real Madrid is, is just, you know, having difficulty picking up their mojo. Well, it's early on yet. And, um, you know, we'll just, we'll just have to see, but they certainly did get a big addition. All right. Well, now we can finally get to the transfers. Now, before we get to Real Madrid, Steve, I want to hear your full thoughts on Manchester United acquiring Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I guess never say never, and I guess, you know, you really can come home. Um, I mean, Manchester United is where Cristiano Ronaldo became CR7, and um, I guess it just seems like after his first year in Turin with Juventus, uh, Ronaldo just never really seemed happy, never really seemed settled uh, with Juventus, even though he played extremely well. I think he was. I think he was hoping to win another Champions League with Juventus, um, but it just has become apparent that that's just not going to happen. And um, interestingly enough, now that he gets with Manchester United, you know, now that this team is getting more and more stacked, I mean, this is a team that not only can challenge for the EPL, but they can certainly challenge in the Champions League as well. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you something. When I saw that Manchester United had gotten Cristiano Ronaldo, at first I thought, okay, this is just this has got to be some sort of elaborate hoax because I was totally convinced that Manchester City would do it. 
But then I, but then that morning I saw that the talks had stopped, and and, and I actually said this on the on last night's show with um, with a fellow menu supporter, but uh, but I have no problem saying it again because the whole story is just so unique that I told myself if that if it fails, if Man City fails to get Ronaldo, Ronaldo, what Ronaldo needs to do is, well, what Manchester United has to do, they need to find a way to do, it. and they actually and it happened, it actually happened. Yep, and uh, the the thing. That's a little different compared to Juventus. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo was—he was expected to be the man. Um, coming into Man U, Ronaldo doesn't have to be the quote-unquote man. He doesn't have to be the main go-to because you've got so many other top-flight players and strong personalities. Uh, I mean, his compatriot Bruno Fernandez. I mean. He's kind of the heart and soul of that team. Pogba is a strong presence. Um, you know, you've got a lot of strong personalities and really, really top-flight players with Man U. Um, so Ronaldo doesn't have to carry those lofty expectations that he's going to carry the team. So that's kind of a nice deal. It is. And as far as Ronaldo goes, it's obviously unclear when he'll play. Obviously... I would probably imagine he'd, and I, and I said this as well, but I would ask you, like, would you believe that it's it's likely possible that he'll play against Newcastle, but start off on the bench? And well, we got a little bit of a break here, though. We've got the international break coming up, so I mean, um, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens as far as when he'll get his first chance to play for Man U. Once the international break is over, so I mean, you got a few days to work with here. Totally, and what's funny is that as soon as Juventus uh, sold Ronaldo, they lost to Empoli. Yeah, newly promoted Empoli. On top of that, losing to them at home. Well, for me, the highlight of uh, last weekend's Serie A week is that Olivier Giroud had a brace for AC Milan. Yeah, how about that? You know, hitting the ground running in Milan, and. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what Zlatan Ibrahimovic is healthy and seeing what he could do for the Rossoneri. Totally, and you know, and I said this. You know, the fa- the problem is, you know, it, it, it's wrong to say that Ronaldo's tenure at Juventus was a failure. Look, he didn't win the Champions League. I mean, he he won all the other domestic titles. You know, the Scudetto. Or I hope I hope I said that right. By the way, no Scudetto. 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 <laughs> Sorry, and you know. Uh, you know the, the fastest Juventus player to reach the hundred goal milestone. You know the, the Coppa Italia and the you know, and the top scorer award. Uh, you know it's commonly now known as the Paolo Rossi Award. It, it went good, but overall, you know the va- the fact that Juventus just could you know, last year or so things were just going so poor, and that he was in a situation that he has to carry the team. I mean Ronaldo at this point, I mean he never should have been in a situation to carry the team anyway, even if he's like twenty three years old, whatever. But Man, I'll say this. Ronaldo may be 36 years old, and Josh McSwain, who was on the show last night, says, to Ronaldo, age is just a number. <laughs> well, he takes such meticulous care of his body. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, he's just, his his fitness has never been something called into question. I mean, it's, it's just, it's incredible. So, you know, and, and not only that, but, but mentally, that passion, the commitment, the dedication, it's still there. Like, you know, Ronaldo probably, he may be more focused, more committed than he was when he was younger. Like, this may be the best, Ronaldo is probably in the best shape and more motivated than ever right now. Like, well, <laughs> I mean, it may, well, maybe, we haven't, maybe we've yet to even see the best of the guy. Well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how how it goes with his new teammates. I mean, he certainly has people around him that can get him the ball. And by the same token, too, you know, he can still draw defenders, so that's going to open it up for somebody else. So um, it's it's going to be very intriguing watching to see how Ole Gunnar Solskjaer uh, plays Ronaldo. Oh, I can't wait. And, and uh, here's a little bit of advice for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I would put I would keep Paul Pogba alongside Bruno Fernandez rather than put him alongside Fred. I mean, nothing personal, but we've seen Paul Pogba and Bruno Fernandez dominate together when they're alongside each other. So they need to stick to that. And in my opinion, 
I wouldn't be surprised if in the near future, well, in the next transfer window, if Manchester United makes a couple of sales, like has to get rid of a certain player because it's getting to the point where if there's, if there's too many chefs in the kitchen, it's going to be a problem. But, you know, with Marcus Rashford possibly returning soon and, and we don't know what the future holds out for Anthony Martial and, of course, there's Jaden Sancho. So, I mean, I'm sure things will be figured out, but uh, because believe me, Ronaldo's going to be starting more. I mean, Ronaldo didn't come back to Old Trafford to be a reserve player. I mean, that's not Ronaldo for you. Ronaldo wants to play. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But anyway, and going back to, uh, well, it really hasn't, well, Real Madrid, unfortunately, couldn't, could not secure Kylian Mbappe. However, it appears that, even though it's, it still hasn't been fully confirmed, but it, it seems that Eduardo Camavinga is on his way to the Spanish capital. Yep, you know, um, we knew it was a matter of time. I, I mean, I'm frankly surprised that he didn't leave Ren after last year, um, but now he leaves Brittany to go down to Madrid. You know, and um, and for those of of you wondering, yeah, I, I will write an article. It's just I haven't done it yet because you know, for me to be 100 percent convinced that it's 100 percent confirmed. ESPN, Gold.com, and The Athletic, at least three of those, at least those three have to report that it's 100% confirmed. Because right now, ESPN and Gold.com, ESPN basically in their title says sources say. So that, that means it, it's, it's getting there, but it's not there yet. And uh, The Athletic and Gold.com says that, that there's advanced talks. So in advanced talks usually means the fee has been agreed upon. Basically, I think you know they're working on the, on the official contract, and I guess the both sides are discussing what else could be included in the deal. And of course, there's the add-on, so they're probably talking about that. So, so advanced talks means like I, the initial things have been agreed upon, like you know the paperwork and everything is being processed. So, so progress is being made, but I think it'll be 100% confirmed by tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and tomorrow morning is when this episode will be published. So by the time this episode is published the deal's going to be done, so I'll have to get to work on that. I mean, I did start writing. I have the first paragraph done, but but in this kind of thing, like, you know, if, if, if everything says sources say, I mean, if it's not fully there, it's not worth writing about because you want to write it when it's all there because, you know, it's, it's about it's about bringing in the news. Like, I don't want to go on dead ends. I don't want to go on theories. So, like, I want a story. So, but it's a shame that, killing, that the whole thing with Kylian Mbappe had to go like that, but... Real Madrid, you know, made I would say that they made three different offers and PSG said no to all three of them. So and this might this was a certainly risky and probably unnecessary move by PSG because now PSG has to win the Champions League in order to, so they can make money because if they don't win the Champions League and Kylian Mbappe walks away once that that contract is up, I mean, let's, let's keep in mind, clubs won't have to pay a fee to sign the guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, PSG also, I mean, visiting teams also get a cut of the gate when they're on the road. And if this past weekend was any indication with Lionel Messi and PSG selling out at Rennes, and when they get to some even bigger stadiums, I mean, you know, PSG will definitely make some money this year, um, thanks in no small part to that, to um, Messi. But also, too, I mean, let's also not forget that this is also going to end up being kind of like the farewell tour for Mbappe playing with PSG. So uh, we know he's not going to be back wearing that red, white, and blue jumper next year. So, uh, you know, I I think PSG will will be okay in the end. Uh, You know, it's just it'll be interesting to see what happens, especially now that he'll be a free agent. Yeah. And, it, and it's a gamble because Mbappe is also going to have to hope that he doesn't get hurt. You know, you have a significant injury like blowing out an ACL or something like that. That's going to cost you. You know, All of a sudden, you're not going to get top, top dollar if you're going to be coming back after an ACL injury. Yeah. Well, Mbappe is going to be okay. And, it, it, and what's interesting, and I said this, that now that, that it appears that he won't be signed by the by the deadline, you know, and, and I actually spoke about this with uh, with our friend uh, Joe of Stop His Time FC, and I said, well, I would not be surprised if right now Mbappe's agent, who again happens to be his dad, I wouldn't be surprised if his dad is actually speaking about Real Madrid, uh, you know, secretly to uh, 
about a deal because you know, and, and you you can do that. I mean, an agent, if player's agent can, just because the transfer thing is done, doesn't mean the agent can be in talks, you know, with uh, with Real Madrid. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's happening as we speak because Kylian Mbappe made it clear he wants to he wants to go to Los Blancos, and in that case, you know, in in, in order to make sure that happens. It would not be surprising if Mbappe's dad slash his agent is already speaking, or maybe I wouldn't even be surprised if if Mbappe's agent already agreed to a deal that's that would be good for Mbappe. I mean, you got to plan ahead. I mean, especially for Real Madrid because the fact that it's going to be like a, a free agent move. I mean, these other clubs are going to move in. I mean, Liverpool may get even more determined to do it now because they won't have to pay a fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, don't. It, so Juvent- Juventus could even join in the fight now. You know, now that Ronaldo's gone, I wouldn't be surprised if now Juventus is, start- is beginning to think that maybe Mbappe should come to Turin. Hell, dude, what if? And then all of a sudden, Arsenal. What? What? Ar- Arsenal, because Arsenal needs a playmaker. And then all of a sudden, Arsenal is gonna try again to get Mbappe. I mean, Arsenal did try that in 2017, but that didn't work. But this time, I'm they they would probably be willing to do whatever it takes to get Mbappe. But mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, obviously Arsenal and Mbappe. Nobody really thinks about that right now. But you know, the fact is, he's going to be a free agent. I mean, all these teams are are, are going to go to war to, uh, in an auction war to get the guy. But but knowing that he made it clear he wants to go to Real Madrid, I, I think you know Real Madrid is is going to the second he's a free agent. I'm I'm willing to predict immediately as soon as he walks out, Real Madrid is just is going to is going to announce the signing just like that. Yeah, yeah, would not be surprised. <laughs> you know, I'd probably be surprised if you if uh, Mbappe didn't explore the other options. I mean, you might as well do it anyway. But 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 I'm convinced that yeah, Real Madrid is going to do it as soon as he walks out. It's going to be a done deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but as far as Kamavinga goes, you know, he needs this. I mean, he he's 18 years old. Ren has not been doing well, and he really and he's been struggling. You know, he he didn't get called up to the national team. You know, he needs this. He he needs he needs this new challenge. Okay, it's going to be a lot of pressure for him to go to Real Madrid. You know, he's going to be playing for one of the greatest managers we've ever seen, Carlo Ancelotti. Mm-hmm. So, and I have no doubt, as soon as he arrives there, Carlo Ancelotti is probably going to welcome him and say, "Well, this is your chance." Okay, you got potential. You're gonna get your opportunities. You got to make the most of them. And as far as him starting, he might not start the the, the first couple of games. I mean, I'm sure every now and then uh, Carlo Ancelotti will give him the opportunity to start the full game. But Kamavinga just has so much potential. I mean, this dude's future. I mean, I, I, super bright. I mean, th- this dude. I mean, once Angelo Conte, you know, retires from international duty, Kamavinga is probably the guy that's gonna take over as the midfielding playmaker. So, for him to go to Real Madrid to get more motivated, to learn more, to get better, I mean, this is a blessing for Eduardo Camavinga. No, no question. No I mean, question. Interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how he performs yeah, in and, that white jersey. And what's interesting is that Manchester United and Paris Saint-Germain were also after the guy. <laughs> and rumor has it that he actually said he didn't want to play for PSG. And if, that, if that's true... I was probably thinking, well, if he wants to play and get better, he wants to be in a competitive league, that would probably be the, the reason why he doesn't want to go to Paris. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Manchester United probably would have been a good place. I mean, the EPL would have been great for him. But the problem is, is that the midfielding position is crowded right now at Old Trafford. Yeah, no, there was no, there wasn't going to be any place for him. Yeah, it, um, yeah. He's going to bring his youth. He's going to bring his energy. Um uh, I mean, I think that was one thing that really struck me about Real Madrid once they made it to the to the semifinals and stuff. They they just really looked slow in in compared to their opposition. They were they were they were good enough to beat Liverpool in the quarterfinals, but you know, in the end, I I think that Real Madrid needed an injection of some youth and some speed, and Camavinga will certainly add that. I mean, not only that, but Kamavinga gets to uh, gets to learn from Kareem Benzema. So I mean, that'll be a huge impact. I mean, and as well as you know, of course, Carlo Ancelotti. And you know, I just can't tell you how excited I how excited I am. I mean, and this it's even more is he gets to play in the Champions League and you know gets to actually have the potential of being on a team that makes a deep run. I mean, that'll impact him big time. No, no doubt. Yeah. 
So that's why I said if he he does well this year with Real Madrid, if he's a huge part of, if Real Madrid has a very successful Champions League campaign, even if they don't win the title, they make it far. And Camavinga scores goals, has a huge involvement in the success. The dude, he will be he will be part of the World Cup uh, squad for France that goes to Qatar. No, no question. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm just glad he's out of land. I mean. I, I don't know why he hasn't been good at Ren. Maybe because Ren just doesn't have the winning atmosphere. These are theories. I mean, the bottom line is it doesn't matter. The bottom line is Ren is struggling and he's not playing well. He's not, He was not happy there. He needed a change and now he's got it. So yeah. so it's it's perfect timing in his case, if you ask me. Yeah, no, no question. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say, and really, you know, as far as the midfielding position at, at uh, Old Trafford, you know, they got the young guy, the young Dutch dude, uh, Donny van der Beek, and things are not working well up that well so far. So bringing in Kamavinga would only make the situation worse. So, yeah, Manchester United really would be the place to avoid. And, and this is coming out of a man new guy himself, but you got we got to remember, folks, it, it's not just what we want, like, we want to see out of Manchester United in our perspective. It's what's best for the players. And man, you was not what's best for Eduardo Camavinga. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. question. Well, I think we've got everything covered. Any, any last things you want to say, Steve? No, nothing nothing more to add. Just looking forward to the international break, and we'll probably have some talking points on that soon, too. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Once again, I apologize for these struggles of speaking tonight. I'll see y'all next time. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.